Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. And today we got a parent question. And to help me with that parent question, my good friend and OG, Jason Hewlett. What's up, Jason? How you doing, man? I am doing good. Yeah. I am, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to try to say something like really heartfelt. Like, you know, I've, I've been really... <laughs> I've been really holding a lot of the weight of the world underneath me, which isn't true. Um, I, my wife was gone. And uh, for any guy that's left alone with one kid, because I wasn't left alone with two, just left alone with one, you can empathize that that is quite the responsibility. Because not only do I have to make sure that kid doesn't die, yep. I have to feed him, take him places, and somehow the house has to be cleaner than it was when she left. <laughs> yeah. And all the, all the single parents are s- sitting there going, Oh, that's really sad. Right. I know, man. And I, then you got all the other parents, the, all the, all the people that stay with their kids all day. Like, Oh, that's so sad. Hey man, I've been doing the same thing. And to be candid, it's so hard. It's unbelievable. And in the <laughs> summer, it's really hard. Cause in the school year, at least you can send them off to school. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're, you're turning into a full-time entertainment option, but you're also the Uber and you're also the cleaner, the cooker, the whole deal. It's fat. And then trying to work. That's all tough, man. I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. You know, like the do this is their thing all the time. It's amazing to me. Everybody that does this. Oh yeah. And then to, to make it worse, my son narks me out when my wife gets home right yeah, yeah. She, she's like she's like trying to tr- tr- trying to tell him to do something he's like well i don't have to do that it's like and so yeah he just said well when dad when dad was here i didn't have to do any of that and, and, <laughs> and he's like he's like yeah mom you you should be cooler like dad as I, I looked at him and i was like oh. do you hate me like, <laughs> you just said the two things she does not want to hear a i'm cooler than her and B, that when you're not around, I let her do, let you do whatever you want. I'm like, you tell your mom right now, that's a lie. I did not. He's like, okay, they didn't let me do whatever I wanted. <laughs> I'm like, this is not going well for either of us right now. So you just got yourself in more trouble. And now you got me in trouble too. Yeah. Well, so. I get the opposite. Mine is like, we didn't do anything. He didn't feed me. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I think I cooked three square meals. I don't know what you're saying. So, yeah, I mean, I get it, man. And that's funny <laughs> when they're like, oh, it was so much better. I don't think my kids have ever said that. So good for you that you could swing that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and to all you single parents out there and parents have multiple yeah. kids to take care of, I I do not blame you for being like, wah, wah. Be like, okay, that's, 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 that's not really the cross that – I should be bragging about it that I had to carry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, you have to just laugh about it. Cause it's like, man, we're so used to a certain way of life. And then you get, uh, your wife goes on a trip or whatever. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I forget how much she carries, how much she does. And, uh, you know, and you just really, you really appreciate when they're gone, appreciate them when they're there, but it's interesting that the, the distance does bring the fondness, doesn't it? Oh yeah. And I forget how much I love and hate the summer. 
Yeah, that's right. Summer's like, yeah, and it's here. And then you're like, oh, gosh, I got to find structure somehow amidst all this chaos. So, yeah. Yeah, we got. I'm even glad that we're recording, man. I mean, this is hard enough to find any open. I know. In an open summer, you know. So. I know, right? Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go ahead and get to this uh, question from a real life parent here. And so, Jason, want you cue this up for it now. For this parent, I apologize. It was it was a lot more information. This and I've always jokingly said on this podcast, you'll know if it's a question from a teenager or a parent because the teenager question is like one sentence (laughs) the parents questions are like a book which is normal you know so i had to kind of break this down to the nuts and bolts of it so why don't you go and uh read this for us jason i think uh this one's a really powerful question and uh it's about how to help your child with physical boundaries so this parent says my child likes to tickle fight with kids but then also with adults and uh, keeps kind of crossing the line doesn't understand that those things can be interpreted differently and so the question is when when to stop certain behaviors such as tickling laughing or being too loud or too close with an adult not knowing when it's time to stop this is a very interesting question i i'm curious what you're going to say man yeah i've never i've never answered a question exactly like this before which is why i was i was really intrigued by it um just give a little bit more context because like i said it was a much longer question than that so i just had jason give kind of like the the little you know the the main key points to it um the mom in this question also talked about how um she has nieces and she's other she's watched other girls in their adolescent years that basically and i, I don't know she didn't save her child as a boy or girl but definitely just younger made the point in this that she's seen some other kids act similar to this. And then as they became teenagers, they became a little bit more promiscuous. 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 Wow. I was struggling that word. Wow. Came a little bit more promiscuous. And so her fear is that, is this something, her fear is that it could lead to her, her child being more promiscuous and, you know, you know, just, inappropriate in that physical touch because since this is the parent version of the podcast i don't think too many teenagers may listen to this one um for most parents we know that certain type of play fighting is normal for certain age groups and then it gets to a point where you're like that has some sexual undertones to it that's more flirtatious and you know you see teenage girls teenage boys or whatever doing it with each other oh you see like okay that's some flirtation going on but when you see an eight-year-old with a 28-year-old, and maybe from the, from what the mom said, it didn't seem like the she was worried about any particular adult like instigating these tickle fights. Um, it that becomes a, a little bit more worrisome when when she's looking at a kid instigating these things. Maybe like wanting to sit on people's laps. Maybe like wanting to get really close and intimate with someone that's older. And the older person from, I gather from the question, or people are kind of, oh, okay, and don't really know how to respond to this, but uh, her child definitely is struggling in the boundaries category. Because she didn't give the actual details, I'm going to feel comfortable enough to, to take some liberties on the details. Seems to me that it's been noticed by other people. Seems to me that it's something that makes people feel uncomfortable. Because moms wouldn't be sending this if there wasn't like some red flags going on. Now, let's just let's just be get the elephant out of the room. Okay. Whenever this is happening with kids at a younger age, 
there's always that concern is what if people have done that to them? Yeah. In fact, uh, Zandusky, uh, the assistant coach of Penn State a long time ago. I don't know if yeah. any of you guys remember that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get into all the details, whatever, but one of the things that all of his victims said that he called himself the tickle monster. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, that. That, that was one of the court proceedings and that they're, yeah, the tickle monster, tickle monster. So my kids, ever since I heard that, my kids, even they're younger, oh, dad's like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, let's tickle. Let's do the tickle monster. I'm like, who'd you hear that from? <laughs> like I'm kind of like I'm like wait a second you know and then I'm like you know let's not and so I'd have to tell my kids that you're tickling me that's one thing I'm your father but don't go tickle any random adult any person like that because they may get a different sensation from that mm-hmm. like you wouldn't want like your eight-year-old girl going to tickling a 13 14 year old boy and tickling him and all these weird spots of like that because you know even though that may be a good boy the sensations that come from tickling or it's a close kin to, you know, you're touching people and make them feel, you know, a certain way or whatever. And so I, I'm going to add the liberties of saying that there's been those things aware that the mom's been aware of people have noticed it. Well, okay. This is crossing some boundaries. And the way the mom said it was very polite, very, just very G rated. Yeah. And I'm not saying this is an X-rated situation, but I know the undertones of it was like, Hey, I actually am worried about this. I don't know how to control this. I'm sure the mom has said, hey, listen, we don't do this. At a very young age, you see parents, you hear parents do this a lot. We don't act this way. We don't do that. We don't do this and that. Some people would say, oh, that's totally harmless. Other people I've heard argue say, oh, well, that's not the best way you should say it. What I am going to tell you guys is that when it comes to these types of things, it needs to be more than just broad blanket statements. A lot of times parents want to address these situations when they happen. That's not the best time because if you're telling a kid, Hey, listen, stop that. Don't do that. And if they go, why, what are you talking about? Let's say this kid is somewhat, and I'm using this as an example. I'm not diagnosing this kid. I don't even know who this woman is, right? That gave the question, not diagnosing your kid, but this would be a common thing. Sometimes when someone's on the autistic spectrum, social cues and boundaries are difficult. They just don't understand and comprehend like, Oh wait, that's too much. Uh, Like I was being too aggressive. I'm too much in your face, right? Like one of my clients that's on the autistic spectrum. Every time he comes to talk to me, he talks to me like right in my face. Now that's an awkward and uncomfortable thing. So most people say that's weird. That kid talks me too close and they push, push, push away. And there's not a lot of instruction given there to that kid. So with a parent in this situation, I'd say very similar. You don't want to discipline, tell them, hey, don't do this, don't do that. And then in front of everybody or at that moment, try to coach them at that moment. What you do want to do is before those moments ever happen, you want to have you, not just you, the parent by yourself, but another person that that child of yours trusts, uh, believes in, believes has their back, is, is never been confrontational with them before. Have another person that you talk to and say, listen, my kid's having this problem. I want to be able to talk to them in a way that's helpful. However, I don't want to lecture them because if it goes too long in the discussion, a kid that's having a hard time with boundaries and understand that the longer you go with your lecture, with your example, the more you're going to lose them. It's got to be very simple. It's got to be very direct. It's got to be like a B. Okay. You do this. Someone feels this way. You don't do this. Then it doesn't make them feel that way. 
but you have to have two people involved because you as the parent may be trying to talk to them in a certain way, but they've heard you talk in that way about tons of other things and you get drowned out. So get another person. Ideally, you want to potentially do a little bit of like role play scenarios, not like a whole skit in the very beginning because that may be a little awkward and uncomfortable. But let's say it's an uncle that, let's say it's a, a son of yours. Let's say he's nine years old. He fits this description just like this mom said. Let's say your brother, so you're the mom, you have an uncle that he really likes the uncle a lot. The uncle has also noticed that this child of yours is struggling in these areas and there's been some awkward and uncomfortable moments. Well, then you get your son together, say, listen, we want to talk to you about, we want to train you and teach you something. This is something that you didn't know. This is something, gosh, we didn't even teach you about this before. We failed to do this. So um, I brought your uncle over here because this is something that he had to figure out and that he struggled with too. The uncle can go into character. He didn't have to struggle this. So yeah, because let's face it, most guys are going to struggle with social cues with women. Yeah. This is not something that like guys come upload like, oh, what she really meant was this, but she said this, like, no, no, like (laughs) struggling with social cues. Does she like me? Does she not like me? Was my joke funny? Why'd she slap me? Apparently my joke's not funny if I got slapped. So in these scenarios, the uncle or the person you trust can take that role in that character. Yeah, you know, I've struggled with this too. Maybe even make up a scenario like, hey, you know, like sometimes I go up to people and I get right in their face and I talk really close to them. And that's something that people feel uncomfortable with. The reason why they feel uncomfortable with is that there's a certain distance away from someone that if you're talking to them, you feel is a sweet spot, like, you know, just right, like, like a couple feet, 12 feet away, like, hey, like, now they're yelling, that's not just right. You know, two inches away, that's too close, you can't really feel safe, because, you know, they're right in front of your face, you list those different types of reasons. After that's explained, then you have your child tell you back, say, hey, is this something we're mad at you? No. Is this something that we think uh, that, you know, that, that you're a horrible person? No. Okay. Is this something we're teaching this because it's something that your uncle didn't even know. We didn't know. And we didn't realize that we didn't teach you this before. Well, yeah. You want to get them the buy on that, the buy-in that this is not a shameful conversation. This is a necessary conversation. There's a lot of necessary conversations that if you don't clarify that it's not a shameful one, that it's just a conversation, for example, having the, the talk about the birds and the bees with your kids. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a shameful, like, you know, if you, if you have these feelings, then you're going to hell. You're the devil's child. No, everybody has sexual feelings. We have the desires to eat and the desires to procreate in one shape or form, right? Even if it's same sex, opposite sex, whatever it is, there's those driving desires inside of you. So to make sure that your kid knows that this is a normal thing, you don't have to put the emphasis on their being abnormal. There's something wrong with them. Very important to do those things. Very important to walk them through with it. And then at the end of it, it's equally, if not of a greater importance, to ask them permission if they could give you some sort of cues because, you know, do you want people to feel uncomfortable around you? No. Do you want this to happen? No. Okay. Can I help you? If I feel like you're doing that a little bit, can I say this word? And so pick a word, pick something that will acknowledge to them, remember, it can trigger their memory back to that conversation that nobody else in the room would know. They would have no idea that that was something between the two of you. And that way your kid can be like, oh, oh, wait, wait, Coca-Cola, gummy Coca-Cola bottles. Yeah, I like those. Those are good. Why would you bring that up in this middle of the conversation? Remember we talked about the gummy Coca-Cola bottles? So... Remember how sometimes there are uh, some people 
don't like those gummy Coca-Cola bottles. Some people like gummy bears instead. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. You never want to publicize it, never want to make them ashamed, but you do want to bring another trusting person so they don't drown out the message thinking, oh, that's just mom, that's just dad telling me the same old thing. I know that was a long run. Jason, repeat it back to me word for word. Go. Yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was curious how you're going to say that or respond to it, but, you know, comparing it to the birds and the bees conversation, that's really well said because, you know, it, it can't be a shameful thing. It needs to just be direct and be able to, you know, have somebody in that role play situation. I think that's really interesting, especially somebody who maybe has gone through that and had those you know, that way of their personality. I was, man, when we got this question, I wasn't thinking an eight or nine year old. I was thinking like a teenager, you know, and I was thinking, okay, what do you say to a, you know, let's say it's your uh, 15 year old daughter or your 16 year old son, you know, cause they're doing that with their friends already all the time, yeah. male and female. I mean, that's just how they are. Right. And if they're not looking at their phone, they're tickling each other or they're, uh, you know, smashing up against each other, laughing and whatever. So that's really curious to me as to that different age difference from eight or nine to like mid-teens. What, what is the difference in the conversation? Yeah, I, I could give you an example. The teenage one, let's say that that's just a sexual, um, you know, it's the way they're they're letting out their sexuality. They're being flirtatious, yeah. especially um, there's a lot of teenage boys and a lot of teenage girls that even though, by the way, very, I got to make sure this is stated correctly or not correctly, just clearly, even though your 14 year old daughter or 14 year old son is not going to date a 28, 29, 35 year old, is it impossible to say that they may find some 20 something 30 year olds attractive no when you're a little boy and you're looking at sports illustrated magazine those those women are like a decade older than you yeah right see how many girls like oh my gosh i have a crush on so-and-so lead singer so-and-so she may be 14 that guy may be 32 actors athletes whatever so an attractive person can be for many different reasons now if they are showing that type of like flirtation and tickling, whatever with someone who's out of their dating range versus someone who's in their dating range, those are two different conversations. Okay. Yeah. So the, 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 someone out of their dating range, um, you would have the conversation with them. You wouldn't necessarily need to bring like an uncle to role play that, but you'd yeah. have a conversation with them and say, Hey, listen, by the way, if you find people attractive, regardless what their age is, Totally normal, totally natural. So you don't want to shame that, right? Yeah. However, if you act in these certain types of ways, meaning not just you, anybody, it could be misinterpreted that you are making a pass at them or you're showing that you want them to make a pass at you, that you want more back from them. Now, even though flirtation and those types of things can be a very exciting thing because it is exciting, right? Someone's flirting with you. You're flirting back with them. It can be very exciting. You have to realize that with someone that's older than you, that's an excitement that's very dangerous. Now that conversation leads into, we get it, we understand it. And that's a dangerous situation to put yourself in. Yeah. And here's the reasons why. 
Now, you don't do the shock and on and scare them. It's like, oh, you're going to get kidnapped, thrown in a white van, we'll never see you again. Kids don't listen to that. But it could be very simple. as like there's a lot of people out there that, unlike you, they're, they're attracted to people and act on it when they're not supposed to. Okay? Now, if it's someone that's in the same age group, Pull them aside again in both these scenarios. You want them one-on-one. You want them alone, away from the group. You don't want to shame them and embarrass them. If it's someone in their own age group, say, listen, I get you're going to be attracted to people. I get you're going to flirt. I get all those things. Totally understandable why you do those things. And I just want you to know from an outside perspective, it's looking as if you're needy and you're desperate. Yeah. Now, there's a difference between, hey, I'm attracted to you and I'm flirting with you versus like, I have to touch you, I have to be around you. That's sending the signal that I want more. So you can tell your child, I don't know if that's what you're trying to communicate. If you're trying to communicate someone that you want to be physically intimate with them, that you want to hook up with them, you want to get with them, that's a whole other subject. But I'm letting you know that what you're doing is you're doing this with this person, you're doing it with that person. You may get a reputation as a person who's not going to be taken seriously or people are going to misinterpret that you want more from those interactions than you actually do. Now, I'm being very general because I don't know exactly the kid, the child, but some kids are just like they like the attention of it. Yeah. Other kids like the attention of it. And then they get themselves caught up in some situations where now they feel like they have to do something else because they took it that next level. And then now someone's okay, well, you're teasing me. What you're just a tease. Like I thought we were going to actually do something. Mm -hmm. Then you get the other people who a lot of times that they had um, inappropriate sexual things happen to them when they were younger, possibly molested all different types of things, which can make someone hypersexual. Yeah, And usually people that are very hypersexual at an early age is usually a telltale sign that something had happened to them at a younger age and they experience uh, sexual feelings far younger than they're supposed to, which can confuse, can speed up their, um, their sexual development in lots of ways. So that's why I, I'm, I'm a little cautious to be too direct on what I actually say because everyone's situation is different. But yeah, someone dating teenagers, t- teenagers doing this with other teenagers, teenagers doing with older people versus eight, nine-year-old doing it with older people, those are my general responses that I give to that. Man, this is a really interesting conversation because, I mean, I'm actually thinking about right now uh, some people that I know that, are, that actually do this as adults still. Oh, and, yeah. That has ruined their relationships, has ruined their reputations. Um, and, uh, my goodness, I, I'm thinking if, if any of them that I know when they were even in high school or younger and they were kind of like this, that age as well. And so I guess we're talking about something that can totally affect the behavior for the rest of their life. If it's not at least addressed. And I don't know if for those other people, if it ever was because someone didn't want them to feel bad or, you know, didn't want to bring it up at the wrong time and make them feel like they were hypersexual or something. So this is really yeah. a, this is really a touchy one for sure. And but oh, yeah. interesting. Can I share something with you? I shared with my yeah. wife the other day. <clears throat> so we go to a gym that has a, a pool. And yeah. during the summertime, people go hang out at the pool. And I told her, I said, <clears throat> I said, you know it's you know it's interesting. She goes, What? I go, how many people that I'll see at the gym every single day, guys and girls, 
our age, right? Middle-aged people. Yeah. And um, I see them doing more talking, flirting with other people in the gym than actually working out. Uh. And you can tell when someone's like, hey, how's it going? Versus when like, oh, and all of a sudden like 30 minutes later, like, damn, they're still talking over there. The guy finds her attractive. You could tell she likes the attention. she likes the attention or, you know, the girl's giving the guy attention. He likes the attention. And then to see them at the gym with their wife and their kids. Yeah. Or their husband, their kids, right next to them. And you could see they kind of walk around like kind of uncomfortable looking. And I'm just sitting there going, man, I wish I could turn off everything that I know, but I can't. That yeah. uncomfortable, it's like, hey, I'm this person on the gym floor and I'm all dolled up, whatever. But now I'm at the pool with my, my husband and my kids or my wife and my kids. And it's a very interesting dynamic that I look at that. And obviously, it's not everyone at the gym, but the people that do that, yeah, this happened. This has been going on a long time in their life. There's something about that attention seeking that one person's attention will never fill their cup. That's right. It'll never be enough that one person's attention. Now, if we have teenagers, some kids that are manifesting that, these are the conversation things you should have with them. Say, listen, I get it. However, this could cause you to look this way. And maybe they don't listen at that particular moment, but if it's approached in the right way, it'll register for them. And, you know, if something happens to them and they get known as a flirt or this and that, they're like, oh, man, my dad or my parent did happen to mention that I do happen to have a habit of that. And then they can go and ask their friends and their friends if they're good friends. Like, yeah, you know, you kind of every time you're around, you want to take all of our boyfriends and you want all the boys to like you or you want all the girls attention. And I hear it from in counseling sessions from the guys and girls. Yeah, this one friend, like I can't hang with him because he's always trying to talk to your girlfriend or this one girl can't hang with her because she's always trying to get your man. So yeah, this, this can definitely uh, bleed over into adult life for sure. And yeah. I mean, that's really fascinating in the sense of thinking like, you know, you could even come at it like with an older teen, I think, and say, Hey, you know, this person and you've heard what's been said, like, this is what can become comparison. Or you've seen them on social media. You've heard what people have said, like, this is a path that needs to be corrected for yourself before you become that person. Cause this is, this is habit forming time. This is our brain development time, you know, middle, early teens, really interesting conversation and thoughts here, David. I appreciate your, your answer. And the last one I'll say, but we won't get in this is I've had concerns specifically from parents coming to me and telling me that they're worried about their preteen boys having these issues and the dangers it could cause them. Yeah, uh, for not knowing those social cues, not understanding, you know, w that if a girl talks to you and hangs out with you, doesn't mean that she wants to do these other things too. And uh, you know, guys have not always been the brightest bulb in the tree, but if if your son <laughs> has uh, some challenges in the social cues and picking up on what's normal in social situations. Uh, you know, no means no, right? The, from those basic things, then it's up to you as a parent to give them coaching. And I really like what you said, Jason, to give them examples and comparisons because, you know, comparison can be the, you know, the, the thief of all joy if we're comparing ourselves to people who are better than us. And also if we're comparing ourselves to people who are like, they're horrible and we're like, oh, at least I'm not as bad as them. That can be a false sense of security. But comparing yourself to situations of people that you don't want to be like, that can be a great learning and, and teaching tool as well. That's interesting because, you know, uh, now that I'm thinking about this question more and more, I'm thinking about when I've been this way too because I am a very touchy-feely, I'm going in for the hug. I'm, you know, I've, I've always been that guy. And I remember my wife telling me after 
I saw this lady at church. She had, you know, we had been friends. Her husband was our realtor. Like we were all pals. And I said, you look so darling pregnant like that. Like I just said how darling she looked. And she was like, oh, thank you. You know, like it was a shock to her and her husband wasn't a surprise because he knows who I am. And I wasn't like trying to pick up on a pregnant yeah. woman. My wife was like, hey, you got to be careful with who you say that to, how you say it, because it could make somebody think something different. And I was like, I never even thought of it that way. Like, so nobody had ever told me as a kid not to go there or do, you know, there's a boundary not to cross and so forth. And so I've been lucky enough to have a wife who's like, hey, just because you're this artsy guy who hugs everybody and tells everyone they're beautiful, like, you've got to be careful to do it at the right time, right place, right people. And, and, and so all of this, even coming back to tickling boundaries, you know, all of that sort of thing, teaching them while they're young, getting that behavior to be in the right place, right time. It's really, really interesting conversation. I appreciate your answer. Well, you actually brought up one that's talked about a lot and, uh, I'm glad you figured that out. Um, I learned that a long time ago that, uh, so my wife, every time she sees uh, a pregnant woman, um, and when I say every time, maybe not every single time, but if she's standing right next to a pregnant woman, like my wife generally is like, Oh, you look so cute, pregnant, or you look beautiful, pregnant. And yeah. you could tell the woman always lights up like, Oh, thank you so much. Well, us meathead guys out there think that that sounds the same coming from us. <laughs> it doesn't. In fact, I've had this happen many times at the gym. So my wife works at the gym that we go to. There'll be women that work out there that I know she knows or some people that work out there and you know, they're fit, but they're pregnant. Right. And then you'll see some guy. I mean, I've had this happen so many times come up to him and say, Hey, just want to let you know, like you look really beautiful, pregnant, or you look gorgeous, pregnant or, and every single time it's, you can't, if you can't see me, it's like, uh, 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 okay. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And then, Twice I walked by because I know this one lady really well. I looked at her. She looked at me and I said, don't worry. I'm not going to tell you look good looking pregnant. She's like, that's awkward, huh? I, go, I know, right? Because <laughs> here's what it is. You never told me that when I wasn't pregnant. Now you're telling me that, that I am pregnant. Do you have some sort of weird thing with pregnant women? Or like, what is this thing going on here, right? So every woman I talk to, now granted, I haven't talked to every woman that's been pregnant, got that comment, but I knew them because they're friends of my wife. And it was just always just like, they didn't really know how to take that. And it wasn't an easy. Now, if it's someone they know real well or a family friend, that could be totally different. But a complete stranger, definitely creepy vibes. Guys, don't try that one, please. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and I I swear to you, I've not done that coming up to strange. You haven't been going up to strangers. I stopped doing that weeks ago, Dave. <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> the airport, I'm stopping every tool. Yeah, I know. Hey. Yeah. I only do that out of country. <laughs> out of country. Oh, my well, God. Well, yeah, that, that, that took us down a different uh, path. <laughs> yeah, yes, all that information I can I can sign off on. So. All right. Well, well, all right, you guys. Well answered. I love that. That question is very interesting. So Yeah, very I've interesting never, question. We've never talked anything about that. Went off in a couple of different directions, too. And to the mom out there, I, I, I truly hope that I was able to give you some nuggets out of that. To everybody out there that wants to follow us, you can follow us on OG Therapy anywhere that you listen to podcasts. 
YouTube, on Instagram. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at David underscore K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I underscore. You can follow Jason Hewlett at Jason H-E-W-L-E-T-T. Get it wow. right? Well Boom. done. Last time I spelled it with three W's somehow. Um, well, well, well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can follow him on social media as well. And uh, we just appreciate you being here, listening to us. Please keep on sending the, the questions. Actually, maybe don't send questions. We have plenty. Keep us. <laughs> I probably shouldn't ask for too many questions. I have a lot of questions to get through uh, for the course of the next month. But if you do send a question, um, it may get up uh, in the queue pretty quickly. So thank you guys. Thank you for trusting us that whenever you got struggles and stresses that got you down on your knees, you're feeling hopeless, you come to your OGs. So until next time, be cool.